Hey, you ready? Oh, yeah. Strap in. Welcome to the home for Bible geeks everywhere. This is the Edge Podcast with Scott Logan. What's up, Bible geeks, and welcome to Season 3 of the Edge Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Logan, and it feels really good to be back with you. It's been two years since we've been able to geek out together on the Bible, so I hope that if you're someone who has followed previous seasons of the show, I hope that you've continued growing in God since then and more knowledgeable in His Word. I'll be honest with you. Over the last couple of years, I've had my seasons as a Christian where I've been really motivated to dig into biblical truth, and sometimes, as a Christian, I've been very distracted by the circumstances of life, or even sometimes just distracted by the onslaught of entertainment options that are available to zone out on. Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, YouTube, YouTube TV. And then after all of those killer blows to my personal growth time, Disney swooped in with Baby Yoda and hit me with a Disney Plus fatality. Finish him! Now, of course, there's nothing at all wrong with kicking back and chilling with some shows. I'm just saying that I've noticed that many parts of the year 2020 have found me on the couch watching a lot of TV. And besides all of those streaming services, just being glued to the ever-polarizing media frenzy that's consumed us this year. And recently... I've found an inner hunger to step away from so much media consumption and just get back to focusing on reading books, and specifically books that help in my growth as a Christian, books that push me towards growing in Christ. And as I've been doing some reading and studying, I've been drawn lately a lot to First Peter. And it's not just been for my own personal growth. But I've been feeling the push and motivation to share what I'm studying with you guys again. I've missed this. I've missed our small little podcast community. I've missed the Bible geeks. However many of you are listening, whether it's the tens or whether it's the dozens, I've missed our weekly celebration of Scripture. I've missed the journey that we've taken together through books of the Bible, searching for actual truth. Not just the stuff that we accept because, you know, it was fed to us one time and we've just always accepted it as fact, but actually searching scripture out to learn about the real Jesus. So, with that said, I hope that you'll come along with me on this journey through 1 Peter here in Season 3. Um, there may be a few episodes here and there where we take a rest stop along the way to hang out with a special guest or two. I have no idea how long this season is going to last. First Peter is not a long epistle, uh, but it's full of great theological points, and I don't want to skip over it quickly. Um, there will be some episodes along the way that are shorter or longer than others. Keep in mind that at the time that this is being produced right now, It is in the pandemic era of 2020, and my entire family works from home now. My wife's new work office is in the bedroom, my daughter is homeschooled, and I'm a podcasting, YouTubing, Christian recording artist who's also a stay-at-home dad. So basically, right now, I live off of the money my wife is making in her new home office. Well, isn't that special? There may be some difficulty in producing the show with so many house distractions, but hey, 
if Fallon can do the Tonight Show with his kids at home, I can certainly do the Edge podcast with a five-year-old playing in the background. Daddy, can you fix this? Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll be there in just a second, honey. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to start taking a look at the backdrop of First Peter. When was it written? What was happening in the culture? How were the times different for the church back then than they are for the American church in 2020 today? We're going to dig into the history around First Peter to start building the environment for us to get a better handle on Peter's epistle coming up right after this. Where truth and entertainment are BFFs. The Edge Podcast with Scott Logan. The Edge Podcast with Scott Logan is a proud partner of JesusFreakHideout.com. JesusFreakHideout.com is one of the world's largest Christian music online resources. Featuring music news, videos, album release dates, album reviews, artist interviews, devotionals, and a lot more. The goal is simple. To bring the latest and greatest in Christian music to the internet masses and beyond. For more information, visit www.jesusfreakhideout.com. So as I mentioned before, the epistle that we are going to be going through this season is 1 Peter. And before we start diving into chapter 1, I want to take some time on this episode and start building the environment around this letter. I want to create the backdrop, if you will, because I truly believe that it will bring a deeper understanding of Peter's words in the letter if we understand the times, the culture, the chaos that was happening at this point, and the persecution that the Christian church was going through in a way that we really don't relate to in American Church 2020. So let's talk about this. Most of this begins with July 19th, 64 AD, because that was the day that Nero sat and admired his handiwork while watching the city of Rome burn, consuming people's homes, businesses, and lives. Rome had a dense population, and this was before the days of multiple car lanes and parking. These were narrow streets with tall wooden buildings uh, filled with tenants. That's how the fire was able to spread so wide and so quickly. It could literally jump across the street. In the first three days, citizens in Rome did all they could to try to combat the flames, but they were eventually hindered. And where they were able to stop the fire, a new fire would be purposely started. History tells us that while Rome was burning, Nero sat in the Tower of Messinus and actually admired the flames. It's said that he considered them to be quite lovely. By the time the fire was done, it had consumed three entire districts of Rome. The people of Rome were totally devastated. This fire didn't just bring down buildings, but it completely collapsed the culture in Rome. You see, so many monuments and religious symbols had been destroyed as well. The Temple of Luna, the Era Maxima, the Shrine of Vesta, and all the religious elements of their life had been destroyed, including even their household gods. So this gut punch went far beyond the economic loss or the loss they experienced socially. 
It created religious chaos and confused the people when they realized that not only were their deities who they trusted in, unable to hold back or stop the tragedy, but had also become victims of it. These people were homeless, jobless, and lost their loved ones, but now, after witnessing their deities get incinerated, they were also confused and hopeless. Now, there was quite a bit of suspicion from the people that Nero was behind this. They knew he was legit psychotic and a very evil man. Oh, there goes Mr. Humbug, there goes Mr. Grimm. If they gave a prize for being mean, the winner would be him. Nero had a love of building things for himself, and if that meant tearing down what was already there so he could make room for his pet projects, then so be it. Sometimes he would destroy things just so he could build it again. But Nero knew that after a stunt like this, the hostility from the people needed to be redirected. His maniacal plan? Blame it on that new cult in town? What are they? Christians? Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. You see, many considered Christians to be the new weirdos in town. They were the perfect target and scapegoat for Nero. Just think about it. Christians were already hated in Rome. They were already the target of slander, for one, because they were associated with the Jews, and Rome at the time was a hotspot for anti-Semitism. Secondly, Christians had developed the reputation for not joining in with emperor worship. Strike me down with all of your hatred. And they didn't worship all of the other gods that people did. Hashtag not my god. So they were hated for those reasons. But wait, there's more. You see, when the Christians would gather with each other and take the Lord's Supper together, communion, they didn't allow those outside of the church to partake. Those people were not allowed in as taking the Lord's Supper was an act reserved just for those who belonged to Christ. So there was a lot of worldly speculation going on outside of the church about what it is that Christians do. Non-Christians were hearing new phrases such as eating and drinking of Jesus' flesh and blood, and many thought that there was some kind of cannibalistic practices happening behind Christian closed doors. Word was spreading around town that Christians were cannibals and that they were eating each other. In fact, the story circulated that mostly they ate babies and Gentiles at their communion service. Now let's add some more on top of that. Back then, it was common for Christians to greet each other with a kiss of love. They used it at the love feast as a way to express their affection, and non-Christians were spreading the word that Christians were having unbridled orgies, including homosexuality, because men were embracing men with a kiss of love. And then that rumor started spreading. But the one thing that really raised their level of unpopularity was the number of women who were married to prominent Romans becoming converted to Christianity. The idea of a wife doing anything independently back then was the highest level of insolence. So there were wives who were being considered non-submissive, and then add to it, many of their children were coming along to Christ too, 
and breaking connections with family. So now you've got people spreading the word that these Christians are responsible for home wrecking. Finally, on top of that, Christians were always talking about a day when the world would go up in flames. So you can see where this makes them the perfect scapegoat for Nero to blame for Rome's burning. All he had to do was blame the weird, wife-stealing, homosexual, pyro-orgy, baby-eating cannibal cult. So, with this accusation, Nero launched huge levels of persecution towards Christians. And I'm not talking about shaming them on Twitter. Persecution had already gotten underway, but this jumped things way up to the next level. What history records isn't for the faint of heart or those with a weak stomach, but history records that Nero rolled Christians in pitch and then set them on fire while they were still alive and then used them while burning alive as torches to light his garden parties or as street lamps in the streets. And you know, I was thinking about this and I wonder if he did that as a way to publicly serve justice um, there were probably a lot of people who lost somebody in the Rome fires that thought it was fitting justice uh, to watch and see these Christian pyromaniacs burn and die the way their loved ones did. He served uh, Christians, he served them up also in the skin of wild animals and set his hunting dogs on them to tear them to pieces. They were also being nailed to crosses. And just in general, Christians began to die in this savage hysteria. Even lynching them became common uh, to do without a trial. Within a couple months, Christians were imprisoned, racked, seared, broiled, burned, scourged, stoned, and hanged. Others were lacerated with red-hot knives, and some were thrown on the horns of wild bulls. Then, this movement began to spread throughout the whole Roman Empire and started to affect the lives of Christians all over, living in places such as uh, Pontus, uh, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Like I said, this started in 64 AD, and while it seems that no one really knows just when Peter wrote this epistle, it is believed that it was sometime between 64 AD and 67 AD that Peter wrote this letter to believers who, in chapter 2, Peter will call aliens and strangers. This is written to Christians who are like foreigners in a hostile anti-Jesus culture. He's writing to Christians who are forced to suffer severe persecution and martyrdom. Even Peter himself would eventually be killed for his faith. And even though the Bible doesn't tell us this, tradition says so was his wife. It was Clement of Alexandria who wrote that Peter witnessed his wife being murdered. Uh, he wrote, They say accordingly that the blessed Peter, on seeing his wife led to death, rejoiced on account of her call and conveyance home, and called very encouragingly and comfortingly, addressing her by name, Remember thou the Lord, such was the marriage of the blessed and their perfect disposition towards those dearest to them. Now, the mess got worse in 66 AD when a war broke out with the Jews originating in Roman and Jewish religious tensions. The problems escalated due to anti-taxation protests and attacks upon Roman citizens by the Jews. 
This war called the Great Revolt would eventually lead to the demise of the Jewish state with the destruction of Jewish towns, the displacement of its people, and the appropriation of land for Roman military use, and also the destruction of the Jewish temple and political structure. Now, when Peter wrote this letter, it's believed that he wrote it sometime in between the start of the persecution and the Jewish war. He was in Babylon at the time, pretty far away from the fires and persecution, but his heart was really invested in those who were suffering through the terror of Nero's persecution, and he knew that his own safety wasn't going to last because Peter always carried a death sentence with him. He knew that he was going to die for his faith because it was Jesus himself that told him that. Uh, Jesus told him that would happen. Now, it was later in 68 AD that Nero committed suicide at the age of 32 at the end of a 14-year-long reign. Can you believe that? That means a psycho kid started when he was 18. You know, that just means that if you're not old enough to drink, you're probably not old enough to be an emperor. Just saying. Over the course of this study in Season 3, we are going to be covering a lot of subject matter as it is presented to us, but the emphasis of this epistle is to teach believers how to live victoriously in the middle of hostility without losing heart, without wavering in faith, without becoming bitter, and realizing where your hope is, realizing who your Savior is, and always looking forward to the coming of Christ when all your suffering will be over. That's the backdrop, and next week we are going to be talking about the man himself, Peter, as we get into chapter 1 and start our study of 1 Peter. We're going to take a quick break, so don't go away. We'll be right back after this. Hey guys, you're listening to my daddy on the Edge Podcast with Scott Logan. Hi, I'm Todd Nettleton, and this is the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Somalia was once considered an all-Muslim nation with no other faiths represented. But recently, many young Somalis have been coming to faith in Christ, and leaders in the Muslim community are on high alert. Earlier this year, a prominent Somali sheikh gave an address urging listeners to take action against Christians who share the gospel through social media. Another sheikh cited a statistic that 24% of young Somalis leave Islam every year. Since these declarations, Somali Christians have reported a rise in threats and attacks. Pray for Somalia and praise God for those receiving Jesus Christ as Savior. I will not let my brothers and sisters suffer in silence, nor will I let them serve alone. Learn more about persecuted Christians when you subscribe to the free Voice of the Martyrs magazine at vomradio.net. Welcome back to the show. I'm actually really looking forward to starting the study with you next week. We have the environment now, the times, the culture, the struggle. Now that we understand what was happening, I hope it helps us to understand Peter even more than if we were to just read it without looking deeper. So that's going to be next week. So make sure to look for that. Also, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Google Play or iTunes. I mentioned this last week, but we are no longer putting episodes on YouTube. So the best way to listen is through Google or iTunes, or you can visit the website at theedgepodcast.com. Check me out on Instagram, guys, at Scott Logan Official, And also you can still follow me on Twitter at edgepodcast1. That's going to be it for this week, but I'll talk to you again next week when we jump into 1 Peter. 
But in the meantime, pick up your Bibles and live on the edge. You've been listening to The Edge Podcast with Scott Logan. Visit the website www.theedgepodcast.com for a complete list of episodes, blogs, merchandise, and more. And above all else, live on the edge.